When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but we are recording this after a loss to the Montreal Canadiens, the Sabres. Shameful. So shameful. So, so shameful. What we were just saying before we started recording here is that the Sabres are not good at holding leads and they especially do not look good while trying to hold those leads. I, I we got to do a little bit of a deeper dive on that, but man, oh man, this team, when they are up, they, we've talked about it several times throughout the season, throughout the past couple of months, you can go back and find them, but they are not good at parking the bus. Like they do not know how to lock it down when they have those third period leads. And it's not even a matter of them continuing to like play their up-tempo run-and-gun style and they end up getting caught on like a turnover or something like that they just look like they get shelled out there so they as i had mentioned before end up losing four to three to montreal in the shootout the sabers went into the third period with a three to two lead and that of course changed after brendan gallagher had scored a goal for montreal tying it up one of the bright spots from this game, though, Lucas Ruzak, very cool, ended up scoring a goal in the first period in his first NHL game. So that was really, really great to see. J.J. Paterka and Riley Stillman, actually, as a matter of fact, had the other goals for the Sabres, that being Stillman's first as a Buffalo Sabre. So, Taylor, a tough loss. Like, those are two points that you, you really, really want to have against one of the NHL's worst teams in the Montreal Canadiens. So give me your thoughts on the game on Monday and what went wrong for the Sabres. Well, it's an annoying loss for sure. I think you nailed a lot of it. Like, they're bad at parking the bus. They're not good at holding leads. The offense is kind of – it slowed down a decent amount. And even look at this. They kind of wasted a, a weird, rare scoring game. They got a Lucas Rusick goal, a Stillman goal, like you said, and then a Paterka goal. So that's two guys' first goals and Paterka's 10th. So that's – these are not like the, the heavy hitters on the team. If they just got a good out, could have gotten one goal out of Skinner or or Tucker Thompson or Cousins, who knows? Maybe it's different, or maybe even Darlene. But yeah, this was this is kind of the story of this season. I think if you looked at the team for a lot of the year, like let's say January and they're playing well, it's like, and you just ask like, what what if the team save percentage dropped by like ten percent for an extended stretch and also their scoring dried up? They would look like this. They would look like a team that's won four out of. 16 games or whatever it is now four out of 15 uh-huh. still somehow not mathematically out of it um but yeah that's the main thing it, it's also and not addition not only did you waste that in addition you kind of waste an okay Comrie start Comrie yeah. actually well better than i thought now that i'm looking at it made 38 saves yeah montreal they went they went into the period down three two and they just kind of dominated the period you don't want to hear that about montreal of all teams it's not a great thing to hear and the sabers had a good even in overtime, a really good penalty kill didn't matter. 
Uh, they had a couple good opportunities. I felt like when they weren't on the penalty kill, they were kind of controlling play mm-hmm. late in the game and in overtime, but didn't matter because in the shootout, where again, Comrie did pretty well. God, that is, it is brutal. We are very lucky they've only been in four shootouts this year Thank because God. these last two that they've been in have been brutal to watch. Ugly. Yeah, it's it's not been good. They don't seem to have anyone that has any moves or creativity, which is weird. And on the other side, UPL, who is not in that this time, obviously. UPL has been awful in shootouts. I believe he's 0 for 5 this year. He does not have a save. Comrie was better. Comrie saved, I think, 5 of 7 or whatever it was, 4 of 6. Definitely not Comrie's fault that they lost the game at all, which is crazy to say. <laughs> like, he was pretty fine, just like he had been the other night. Uh but yeah, that's that's a really bad, stupid loss. And what are you gonna? These these are these, it's very annoying that this is what's gonna cost them the season. It's it's not losing to all the best teams. It's they lost to Montreal, they lost to Philadelphia, they lost to Columbus, all within three four weeks. That's six points that you needed to have because, frankly, no one really wants to be in the playoffs in the East right now. The wild card is, it's full of teams. I mean, the Islanders have played better, I should say. The eighth seed, I should be talking about. The eighth seed between Pittsburgh, Florida, and Buffalo, and if you want to include Ottawa and Washington as well, no one seems to really want that eighth seed. It's going to be – this eighth seed is going to be 10 points worse than the Capitals were last year as the eighth seed. Like, it's – it's Damn. it's going to be in that range. It's pretty crazy. It's 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 a very bad. It considering the East is a pretty good conference. Just all these teams at the same time just deciding not to play well. The Sabers had this opportunity. Well, Could yeah. they just have beaten some not good teams? That's what makes it all the more frustrating about this is that it's there for the taking. And again, I think that also speaks to the issue that you and I both Taylor have had with having this mentality that the expectations or the mindset that you have going into the season should stay the course and remain that way through the remainder of the season. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what the landscape is going to look like. So, you know, while back in September, we could say, yeah, we don't know. We don't really think we're a playoff team quite yet. You're not really there. You're saying that without realizing that all of these different variables can happen. And these things all can happen where these teams are just floundering. Like it's like they're trying to give away the, like you said, they're trying to give away these last couple of spots there. Yeah. No, I would have said in September, if you told me like, oh, hey, New Jersey's going to have like a 40 point jump or whatever it is. And the Islanders are going to bounce back really strong, mostly because of Ilya Sorokin. Yep. I would have been like, shit, we're never making the playoffs. East is going to be impossible, but I wouldn't have known that Florida was going to collapse or that Pittsburgh and Washington were going to look so old all of a sudden. Right, right. And I guess taking a look at it now, so I have, I'm going to give a little bit of an overview here on where things stand just because, again, while the playoffs are pretty much a, an afterthought at this point, extremely, extremely unlikely, they aren't out of it yet, so we're going to give a quick overview, and then I have a question I want to ask you, Taylor, based off of that. So as it stands right now, not a whole lot of movement at all. You have the Islanders in that first wild card spot with 85 points, followed by Pittsburgh in the second one with 82 points. Then Florida, three points back of them at 79 points. Behind them, you have the Sabres and Ottawa tied at 77 points. The Sabres have the advantage there, though, because they have one fewer game played. So they have a better points percentage than Ottawa does. Coming after Ottawa, you have right on both of their tails, Washington at 76 points, followed by Detroit at 73 points. So, Taylor, here is my question for you. The Sabres right now have nine games to go and are at 77 points. What do you think 
is more likely that the Sabres exceed, not hit, exceed 85 points or pick in the top 10 because on the inverse of that, and I'm not saying this for any kind of way for uh, alluding to like hoping for losing or draft odds or anything like that. But as it stands right now of teams that realistically could catch up to the Sabres, you have Detroit at 73 points. You have Vancouver at 74. You have St. Louis at 74, who has a very easy schedule coming up down the stretch here. You have Washington at 76 and you have Ottawa at 77 and a worst case scenario. The wheels come off. The Sabres could realistically finish as high as eighth in the draft, obviously prior to a draft lottery happening and everything like that. So is it more likely that the Sabres exceed 85 points or that they pick in the top 10 this year? I'm going to say exceed 85 points. Okay. Just because I don't really, I know you mentioned some of those teams have easier schedules, but I don't really trust them. And the Sabres schedule isn't really that bad to finish. I think yeah, that's so the worst of it. And I, I will talk through these last nine games really quick. So of course the next game coming up, you have the Rangers on Friday Following that up and a back-to-back on Saturday against Philadelphia, then you have Florida followed by Detroit. You round out the week against Carolina at home. Then the last week of the season, you go up against the Rangers again, New Jersey again. Those are back-to-back games on the 10th and 11th, so no easy matchups there. And then you have Ottawa on April 13th, and then the last game of the season on April 14th, Wow, that's actually really crazy. They play a Monday, Tuesday, and a Thursday, Friday. And then, the, <clears throat> excuse me, that last game. What? Yeah, the Is last that like the game. the 2003 NBA? Literally, though. The last game of the season you have against Columbus there. So you have games against, I believe, two teams that are below 500 right now. You have one right on the on the doorstep of that with Detroit. So, yeah, you're right. It's It's really not... It's it's a mix where it's nobody that's really blowing the roof off right now. I know the Rangers are starting to to catch fire a little bit here, but it's teams that are generally speaking around you or below you at this point. So you think that eighty exceeding eighty five points is more likely? Yeah, I think so. I know things can always go more wrong than right, but that applies to other teams as well. So I don't I don't think it's that to, that much to expect at this point. To I mean, it's eight points in nine games. Or nine points if you want to exceed 85. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to get to 86, you need nine points and nine. You just got to be a point per game team, basically. Yeah, I think that's likely just because looking at it like, yeah, all these teams could pass you, but why aren't they ahead of you right now? True. So, I, it depends on a few things. The goaltending has been a nightmare. So, I mean, I guess we can see how well, that looks going forward. <laughs> that could be a nice little segue there because we do not know who the starting goalie is going to be on Friday against the Rangers. But what we do know is that Devin Levi's visa paperwork has gotten figured out. He's been practicing with the team here. Kevin Adams and Don Granado have both said that they have no reservations about throwing him out there and playing him in a game. So we are going to get some Devin Levi action one way or another here down the stretch. And it could be as early as Friday against New York. Now let's be real here. That may not be the easiest matchup there. Assuming that they want to have his first game being at home, then their next opportunity, should he not play on Friday would be at home against Carolina, which may not be the best either. After that you have Ottawa and that's Thursday, April 13th. So it really depends here. I mean, I, I just, 
pure speculation, I would think, just for the sake of like comfortability, they would want to give him his first game at home, which makes it feel like maybe Friday against the Rangers would be likely. Uh, then, you, of course, though, you do have some easier road matchups in Philly, Florida, and Detroit there, three straight before coming back in, against Carolina. And then, yeah, then you're back on the road against the Rangers and Devils. And then, yeah, it's that weird back-to-back after the back-to-back where you would have Ottawa as your only remaining one left. So I guess also one other little caveat to that that's good is that there are only, I believe, three home games left this year. And as we know, the Sabres are pitiful for the most part when playing at home. So <laughs> True. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, only uh, three left, actually. That's pretty wild stuff. Yeah, I would say, but here's the thing, though. They've been better when people have been there. And that mostly is Goathead nights, and yeah. it's been some of the special nights like Miller night. But Friday and Saturday, they've been better than they have been during the week. During the week, I think during the week on non-Goathead nights, they might be defeated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking that up. but Let's just go with it. Yeah, sure. So the Rangers okay. game, Friday, obviously the Rangers are good, so that's it's not an easy kind of game. But there will be a lot of people in the stands. There'll be Rangers fans, no doubt, but there'll be Sabres fans as well. I think that'll be a pretty full-ish building this Friday, so that'll be good. And it's good to get Levi in for that first one. Obviously, it would have been perfect for him to been there on Monday. Right. That would have been great. And his, his hometown. His boyhood club, you could say. Yep. yep. Um. So, I, I don't know if he – he probably grew up rooting for them, right? I, I would have so. to think, yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh. Anyway. I thought he had much to root for. Yeah, seriously. If only he was 70. He'd have a ton, ton to look back on. Um, so that would have been great, but circumstances didn't allow for it. So Sabres Rangers, it's it's just about as good a circumstance as you can get. Like it's not going to be easy, especially the Sabres penalty kill against the Rangers power play. But simple, just don't take penalties. How hard can that be? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also like to mention, since I'm sure there'll be a lot of Rangers fans there, I think, and I can't be 100 percent sure about this, but it's worth saying. A lot of people have been complaining about how often, especially t- well, Toronto's that's been going on for years, but you know how often the the lower bowl this year is filled with opposing fans, mm-hmm. which is a good complaint. I agree with it, but I think part of that complaint is you have to consider that people people are complaining about well, don't sell your tickets to this team or that team. Are we sure that tickets are being sold in the lower bowl or like season tickets, or are they just general tickets? Because I don't that's know how many season tickets there actually are. I think we need to also talk about the fact that they need to come up with some kind of a program that if people are in, you have a bunch of people in the 300s and there are just like vast seas of seats that are open in the lower bowl, there needs to be some kind of a system for them to move people down. Am I saying this? After the first period. Am I saying this because after the first period, two particular podcasters tried to do that and were turned away by an usher (laughs) stuck into another section? perhaps maybe not maybe a little bit definitely a little salty about it if that were to have happened to us which it didn't but i feel like that's something that also would maybe solve a lot of these issues too definitely yeah but i what, what do you think of this, for home fans. yeah because i don't think we've gotten a solid season ticket number this year last year the belief was it was like five or six thousand which is crazy crazy low Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this year it's allegedly closer to 10K, but maybe not quite 10K, which in my mind means that there's a ton of seats in the lower bowl open, meaning that fans can always just go buy them, fans of other teams. Yep. Yeah. And yes. So and even like a lot of these games, like if Nashville's here, there's not, they're not traveling that well because 
to be honest, they're not good anymore. So they're, you're not going to get fans coming to Buffalo as much, or even Buffalo national people that live in Buffalo aren't going to come out anymore. So we were there for that game. Lower bowl was very empty, even though there was a lot of people in the three hundreds move them down. I got moved down one time at a concert. Didn't even have to, I didn't, I didn't go down there and ask if I could move. They told me to move from the three hundreds to the one hundreds. And you know who, what concert that was, Brendan? Tell me. I can't say on a podcast. I'm going to get canceled. Say it. Let's just say it's someone I could have said any year from 2004 to 2021. Oh boy. Oh, not anymore boy. due to some recent allegations. Although maybe he's turning a corner. I was going to say, is, is it a certain rapper that had his life changed by Jonah Hill's acting performance in 21 Jump Street? It might be. <laughs> oh no, Taylor. <laughs> I saw him in 2016. It was a different time. It's a different time. He mostly just. He had know, the raised stage thing then, didn't he? He sure did. Oh boy. Yeah. You're but yes, tell. that's that's the main thing I think about that I, I really don't think that many season ticket holders are selling in non Toronto games. I feel like it's just those tickets are available. Mm-hmm. Oh man. All right. Well, real quick, anyway, do you want to hear a word from our sponsors? I, I would love nothing more. Well, folks, if you're familiar with us, you know how this goes. Our first sponsor is DraftKings Sportsbook. Folks, we're only a short 48 hours away from the Final Four when you're listening to this. The biggest tournament in college basketball. We're down to the final weekend. The action's continuing at DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long. So be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Well, this is where I'm supposed to talk about matchups and, and whatnot that I, I'm interested in. You know what I'm interested in? Tell me. Re-upping what I said last week, or what I said <laughs> earlier this week. UConn. We love a good double down. Yeah, so if you want to do a, a parlay, here's a very simple parlay. There's two games on Saturday. And you know what? I kind of just trust San Diego State. I don't know about you, pal, but I think I just trust them more than Florida Atlantic, who, I, you know, very admirable run they've had. Uh, and they will be having next year the son of Bonaventure legend David Vanderpool, Devin Vanderpool, will be joining their team. So who knows? It might be even better. But they did get lucky in a little, you know, a little lucky to have a 16 seed in the second round. Good for them, though. This is a certainly a run their uh, fan base will always remember. Same can be said about our good friends at San Diego State, who I think will be going to the national championship. Mine advice is just bet on Caitlin Clark in the women's tournament. That's She's great advice. Because, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, Iowa, right? Yeah. Okay, bet on Caitlin Clark. UConn. Bet on Caitlin Clark. But that's you know what? Okay, so she's playing. She's also in the final four, right? Yep. But that'll be Sunday. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah, because they play Sunday and Tuesday. Who is who? Are, who's Iowa playing against? Because I was going to say. I'm looking that up right now. I think if it ends up being this, this being the case, it would be unreal if the final is Iowa LSU for the women's. It can be because they're playing South Carolina. Oh man. And they are 11 and a half point underdogs. So if you believe in Iowa and you believe in Caitlin Clark, bet the line, do not bet the money line. Mm. So yeah, that's a fun little parlay for you. Money line, or sorry, the line there, bet against the spread, 11 and a half, ridiculous spread, right? 
against Caitlin Clark of all people. So Iowa minus 11 and a half or sorry, Iowa plus 11 and a half on the women's side. And then, you know, UConn money line, San Diego state money line. Shit, you might want to bet the UConn spread too. I'm going to look at that as right now. They've kicked everyone's ass this year. Ended, it's not like they're facing the power face. They're facing Miami. The line oh, is no. five and a half. No, uh, screw it. UConn line. Bet the spread. UConn minus five and a half. Iowa plus 11 and a half on the women's side. And then uh, San Diego State straight up. Three first time teams. How about that? Isn't that insane? Woo woo. Good for them. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that's awesome. And then one team that's going to win its fifth national championship. How about that? All right. So download DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, customers can bet. I'm sorry, new customers can bet $5 at any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. And now it's time to talk about our second sponsor, Thin Man Brewery. The number one in our hearts. True. The one that we go drink at. Yep. And they have two convenient locations in Western York on Elmwood Avenue and Chandler Street. And exciting news. This isn't really something, unless you're a very ambitious Thin Man fan, but they announced yesterday that they're going to this is something called Erie Jungle 2023. They're going to Miami for this event. Um, it's hosted by Tripping Animals. And uh, there are apparently more than 70 breweries there. Also wine, specialty coffee, new beer drops, new merch drops. It's April 22nd. So if you're a Sabres fan that lives in Florida, maybe go check that out. Or if you really, really like Thin Man, go to Miami for that. Or beer in general. Looks like there'll be a lot of beer there. But other news for people, you know, Brendan, you know people like? What? They like beer. You know what else they like? Straight up Sabres? Besides that, they like dogs. Don't we all? So they're... Thin Man has unveiled a new beer this week, Dog Pajama Party. It's brewed in collaboration at pressure with Pressure Drop Brewing. This it's a pineapple tangerine sour. Thin Man says it'll make you woof. That's interesting. Oh. It's available at both Elmwood and Chandler. So check that out. It looks interesting. Got a, a cute little dog on the can. Oh, love it. Nice can art. So check out. Dog pajama party, you can get that at either one of the breweries. And you know, of course, there's always there's I like I mentioned before, there's a new menu at the uh, the Elmwood location, which is recently redone. Yeah, and there's new one. yeah, new cocktail menu as well. There's always new beer, and then you know, there's always old favorites. Like Brendan loves this new uh kind of specialty brew. It's called High Noon. You can only get it at Thin Man. It's great. Yeah, so, that's true. That's the only place that sells high noons, and yeah, uh, they do a damn good job. High Noon's only available at Thin Man on Elmwood and Chandler Street. And, you know, as the people at Thin Man say, uh, Tage is American Lemieux. So Somebody's got to say it. Yeah. So anyway, the Sabres coming up now. They got this Friday game against against the Rangers, which is interesting, uh, against the likes of star-studded roster, Adam Fox, Igor Shosturkin, Tommy Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Capo Caco, all kinds of guys. Uh, but they'll be playing again after that uh, Saturday against the Flyers, who have weirdly been a problem this year. I, It's going to be in Philadelphia. Let's hope that for, for some reason being on the road helps. 
this Pizarro team because I really don't want to lose to the Flyers again. That'd be embarrassing. Uh, I think they suck, but they're only seven points behind us. And uh, after that, we'll see. Are they playing Monday? No, sorry, not Monday. They're playing Tuesday in Florida. So that's actually a big game, theoretically. It might be a big game for Florida because they could still be in it. But whether or not that's, you know, if the, if the Sabres win their next two games, that's a big game. If not, yeah. kind of just a game. Kind of just like, hey, what's up, Sam Reinhart? What's up, other guys down there? How come you guys aren't good anymore? Right. Well, and you know the way that this season has gone, that it's going to end up being that the Sabres will like smoke the Rangers and then lose to Philly or something stupid like that. Yeah, that seems like a, a strong possibility. So, yeah, I think looking at it now, that those are so those are the main ones coming up. That that actually does make sense as a what could happen. And then after that, they got the Red Wings, April sixth at at Detroit. So a lot of road games coming up. That honestly weirdly bodes well. The Red Wings have been man, they are a, a strange team. I I don't know if how good I would feel as a Red Wing fan with with Yzerman back there. I mean, he did such a good job at Tampa. He built their entire foundation. But yeah, that that's a weird one. And then after that, you know what? That's too far in the future for me to worry about. So that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, what I'm really looking forward to, though, I'd like to see Tage back out there, hopefully soon. I'd like to see. I mean, I'd like to see. You know, what I'd like to see before the year ends, Brendan, in one of these last three home games. What's that? Uh, a little bit of Abba. Little bit of Abba. I would like that too. I would love to hear a little bit of Abba and increase the trade value of a little bit of Abba. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's good. He had assists though, twelve assists now on the year. Oh so. my god, what a playmaker! <laughs> so one last thing I want to bring up though, because we Lucas Rusek is already back down in Rochester, which might bode well for Tage playing. I guess yeah. we'll see. Uh, he, it's interesting because on one hand he could finish his career as a hundred percent shooter. On the other hand, uh, it seems like well, first of all, he'll be a call up next year, no doubt basically yeah. but some people seem to think he could make the team out of training camp I, well i think that speaks to something we've talked about it a bunch just that it feels like the sabers have never really been able to properly develop their own like drafted bottom six guys like there's always those guys that feel like they're kind of teetering on the edge of being a roster guy being like an actual roster player and just being a career AHLer, and it feels like now there's a few guys like that that are currently in the system whether it's Rusak whether it's Weisbach whether it's Brandon Byro uh and Brett Murray was kind of in that realm a little bit too and it feels like they have a real opportunity here with Rusak like he looked like he belonged he's been obviously he's had a really nice year in Rochester all the guys who I mentioned here have had had nice years down there so, I mean, to me, like, it makes a bit of sense if you think about the fact that you aren't going to have to necessarily worry about things from like a, a cost savings perspective quite yet, because yes, you have some extensions that are are going to be coming up that you need to get done and power and Darlene, but you still are going to have a bunch of money left over. You have the convenience of having your top two centers locked in at just over 7 mil a year a piece. So you're still going to have some money to play with. So if you wanted to spend some money on an off season, you know, like a free agency signing for the bottom six, you absolutely could get away with that, but it could be a nice option to just have your own homegrown piece in there. Uh, very cheap, obviously. 
and he seems like he belongs and seems like he could hack it a bit. So I'm definitely not opposed to it at this point. The problem with the Sabres, though, is that it feels like any time that we're talking about, whether it's like the defense this year, whether it was the forward group or whatever, that they really don't allow for there to be too many spots like that for the taking. And especially with the way that things are trending now, there's going to not be a ton of turnover from this year's team to next year's team. So it's just a matter of how that bottom six is going to shake out. Like is Tyson Jost going to like stick around and be a part of the plan here? What's Jordan Greenway's role going to look like? Opposo, like, is he going to retire? Is he going to stick around another year? If he decides he wants to stay another year, do they prioritize keeping him and letting Zemgus Gergensen's go, even though he's proven that he could be a quality defensive forward. So there's a lot of guys and not enough spots for that. And, you know, I mean, you would hope that Peyton Krebs is also going to graduate to uh, actual like top nine role next year. So there's uh, maybe going to be an opportunity there. And if Rusek can do it, I mean, that'd be great. I, you know, obviously we have a, a very limited sample with him, but I'm very curious to see if he's going to be able to really do that and push for one of those spots and to see to what degree the front office and coaching staff are going to be open to not only guys like Coolidge and Savoy winning a job on the roster next year for opening night, but also though some of those down the roster guys, whether it is Rusak or Weisbach or or any of those players who are able to kind of step up and maybe take that next step too. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I honestly I agree. It's gonna be really interesting to see that because you do need some of those guys to step up. I feel like one good example for a good team right now is Ross Colton, who was not, not, I don't think he was all that high of a pick. He wasn't a guy that like was super highly touted, but he continued to do well for their, their AHL affiliate, I think in Syracuse. And then all of a sudden, Hey, look, he's scoring goals in the Stanley cup. So, yeah. uh, so that's someone that like, I think could be a good example. I'm not saying he's going to be that good, but like, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in them doing like if I, getting good value out of fourth round picks, basically, or third round picks. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. Like that, there are there have been too many guys that are just like, yeah, this guy could be on the fourth line, but he's actually adding value, like throughout right. the years. Right. No, I completely agree. It's going to be interesting. I think that a lot of those storylines for which of the young guys are going to break through are going to be really exciting to to keep up with as we're getting into training camp next year and really seeing through the summer. Because again, you want to think that there's going to be some major roster construction moves here and. Assuming that is the case, obviously you're going to have to give up some capital there. There could be some surprise moves of guys who get moved in a trade or something like that. Potentially, obviously none of like the core pieces who we know are going to be here, but there could be the opportunity there. And so it, it just is going to depend on how they go into training camp next year with how many spots are actually up for grabs within that bottom six or mainly that, that, that bottom line. Absolutely. Well, I don't really have any more Sabres takes to you. Not really. No, man. I think we're probably ready to call it a day if if that sounds good to you. Yeah, do you have any recommendations? Mm, do I? You go first. I'll think of a song. I'm going to go with Seven Days in Hell, which I rewatched recently. The Lonely Island production on HBO Max. It's uh stars oh, the, Andy Samberg. Uh, the uh, animated one? No, it's... Uh, it's like it's live action, but it's like a tennis oh, okay. thing. But it's a fake documentary. It's a mockumentary, I guess. With Andy Samberg is a like a and Andre Agassi kind of like, but like more insane version. Uh, 
kind of like bad boy of tennis and Kit Harrington is kind of like the British, like, I don't know, I'd say like the good, the face versus the heel type thing. And mm-hmm. they play a seven day match. And then there's a bunch of funny guys around. It's like, those two are great. But then you also have like, for example, Fred Armisen is hilarious in it. There's a ton of very funny people. And it's only like an hour, just under an hour. It's good. It's on HBO Max. It's from a few years ago now, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Love that. All right. Good call. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with an Oasis song. I think today, I feel like I always like talk, like talk about this with friends and whatnot, or, or music pals who don't really know them that well, because they get like a unfair rap. I would say when it comes to just being like the Wonderwall and champagne supernova band, but my God, they have three, uh, probably like as far as nineties bands go, maybe top, five definite top 10 discography in terms of 90s music so i will go with a song off of one of those albums i'm gonna do a non-traditional one i'm gonna go with off of their third album be here now i'm gonna go with the song all around the world that was uh used i think it was in like an at&t or a verizon commercial back in like the early 2000s or something like that but Really, really great song. It's a cool one. They actually, a cool little backstory with it is before Oasis became like really, really big. I think it was just before their first album came out when they were in the recording process of it. Noel Gallagher, who was their main songwriter and lead guitar player, had written this song then. And it was like a seven minute song at the time. And when he had showed the other bandmates, they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. This should go on the album. But he said no, because he had the visual of what he wanted this song to sound like with horns and a string section and this huge thing. And he was like, no, that's a third album song. Like, can you imagine like before you even are famous that you're like, dude, this song could be incredible. And the guy who wrote it is like, we're saving that for album number three. Like, Love that confidence and clearly it ended up paying off because it's a a really, really great song. Very good, like upbeat, get you in a good mood, kind of sunny day kind of song. So all around the world by Oasis, amazing horn section on that one, orchestra section. It's it's really, really good stuff and incredibly catchy. So highly recommend checking that one out. All right. Any other thoughts, Taylor, before we go? Do you got a random Sabres player? Uh yeah, let's go with uh Dan Catanachi. Ooh, nice. I'll I'll keep it Dan Catanachi core and go with Zach Delpy. All right. There we go, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and you're following both of our networks on social media where you can find us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out, Straight Up Sabres. We are also on there. Make sure you're following us, engaging with our tweets and posts and all that fun stuff. And last but not least, make sure you are subscribed to us on whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Now, actually, last but not least, make sure you're checking out both the sponsors of this podcast, both DraftKings, as well as Thin Man Brewery for DraftKings. Use the promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. And Thin Man, make sure you're hitting up, getting that super freak beer, getting all that great food, going and checking out all of the great things that they have going on there and all the great events they have on a day-to-day basis, including April 24th, Buffalo Sports Trivia Part 3. We're looking forward to seeing you then. We'll be back with a brand new episode, everybody, on Monday. We hope you have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. This has been Straight Up Savings.